Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. USL MVP and New Jersey General, Devontae Turpin will join us in about 20 minutes. OutKick 360 rolls on the headlines today. Roger Goodell. He was sworn in and gave a deposition to the United uh, the United States House Committee Oversight Committee this morning. Um, the biggest news from this morning involving the uh, the report and then the look in and investigation uh, through the House Committee uh, was not really Goodell. It's that Daniel Snyder will receive a subpoena uh, that's expected to then testify next week uh, in front of the House. Uh, oversight committee so we'll see what comes of that um other than that two headlines from Goodell in regards to the workplace environment or lack thereof uh with with Washington Paul first being um he doesn't he acted like he didn't know who (laughs) who Dave Portnoy was from Barstool and who? Yeah, uh, I don't know who that is. Um, and, and, uh, Great reference. And the the other being that he has no power to oust Daniel Snyder alone. And for some reason, that's the headline because I guess people don't realize it takes 24 of 32 owners to actually make that happen, not one commissioner. Yeah. Well, people are confused because Donald Sterling was forced to sell. Yeah, he, need, he needed a better framed question there. Like, would he be willing to initiate the procedure to uh, remove Dan Snyder um, or something like that? We could have gotten, uh, you know, seen what he did to evade that question or what, uh, or how he answered that question. <clears throat> he doesn't have the power to remove him, so that was a pretty much a yes or uh, not a yes or no question, but he gave the appropriate answer. Yep. For that, uh, be very curious to see how Snyder. I, I don't think Snyder's going to come across well at all. He's just kind of a Weasley guy. By the way, the uh, NBA requires seventy-five percent to force a sale as well. They they got that vote from owners. Just looking at the report, so it's not like Adam. It's I, I was like, really, Adam Silver. Well, the, the, I think the difference here is the NBA owners are willing to do something about it for the image of the yeah. league, and the NFL owners they won't. It is a country club. They're not going to out one of their own. They're not. I just don't see it happening. Unless well, it's something so bad that, you know, it tarnishes their own brand. They just think that one team having a bunch of issues like this is not big enough to tarnish the entire league. Yeah, if they were going to do it, they would, we would have, have seen it, right? started. At least I something. think we would you know, have. The, the only thing we saw was one report that uh, – you know, there was some hand counting going on. I think that was Jarrett Bell that said that. 
and then there was no real all, all of the follow up was uh, of that was that no there wasn't but that that was on. only brought about because of the skimming off the top in regards to the sharing of right. attendance and ticket sales when it got financial as yes. opposed to reputational right um that that was uh that took it to another level. And I think owners, other owners are probably more pissed off about that than, than the other stuff. Also, to the defense of uh, – it's weird I'm saying that. You to love defense, Danny. You've always defense loved of Daniel Snyder. <laughs> no, but Paul, you said, you, you said he's, he's a little weaselly and he's not going to come across well. I don't know a human on the planet that would come across well if have, having to answer publicly to all these things. Oh, but right? so, but if I mean, it's if his own ranking... doing, but I, I, there's no way when people are just – you're getting – badgered with questions about every bad thing you've done from a business owner standpoint throughout time. I don't know anyone who's going to stand up there and come across well, that. I, well, I'll, I'll say this in that moment, you can have good posture and, um, you, you know, uh, have your you suit hanging well and be tailored well. And, yeah. and look the part. He didn't look the part he's hunched over his beard is is off. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. He could stand up straight and say, I plead the fifth every time they ask a question. <laughs> That's how he could look good. Well, he could look like a guy doing it in the movies, or he could look like a guy doing it uh, who uh, stepped out of uh, a, a place in disarray, and he looks like the latter. He will, yeah. It's, uh, Looks it, like yeah, I just got back from Europe. That's <laughs> what he's going to yeah, look from like. From the coast of France. Well, he doesn't look good in he may not. Well, oh, I was vacationing so, in the Mediterranean. So and there's the assumption call. that he's going to be there. That's not – I should – It could be a Zoom. It could be it's just socially. Be Zoom. Because they were going to accommodate him in France today had he agreed to – Go Bonjour, in front of the, the House Slider. committee. So, who knows? Who knows? Como ça va? What if he What if he pulls a Sosa and acts like he speaks French and needs an interpreter? Oh, that'd be great, though, if everyone, all the uh, congressmen and women who talked to him, just started with a uh, first off bonjour and uh, my first question. <laughs> they just try to connect with him. I hope. How's the water there? Is it cool yeah. this time of year? You having he, fun? Instead of yes, he says we. Oui. Can you bring me oui, back oui. one of those mini <laughs> Eiffel Towers? <laughs> Always wanted He's one smoking of a Virginia Slim. Yeah, I'd like an ornament for <laughs> my Christmas tree. Sir, can you put out your heater for a second? Ask <laughs> this question. He's painting a portrait of some. He's got a glass yeah, of wearing, <laughs> wearing a uh, beret. Yeah. He's got a glass yeah. of white wine and a cigarette in one hand the whole time. And a beret. A Merlot. I could also see Daniel Snyder on Zoom next week when he does this, just eyeing someone down in front of him. his attorney that's like trying to dictate to him what to say to the questions. See, so I you can see him clearly on camera looking over the top of the camera to get his cues right. from someone off camera. I could see him yeah. failing to so make eye contact. So on October 4th, 19, they're holding up a teleprompter for him. I could see him failing to make eye contact with the camera uh, at all times. Sir, can you tell camera. whoever is off screen right now to come on camera with us also? So we have, we have seen and, and watched awkward moments in sports history take place in front of the House Oversight Committee. You know, like Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Rafael Parmel. The, the most the, awkward uh, moments in sports have happened in two places. Congress and the ESPYs. And the <laughs> Those are the two most awkward this, places for sports moments. I, I'm telling you, I know you guys may uh, completely agree. This has a chance to win the moment of most awkward oh, moments. I think it would be and horrible. There, there have been some cringeworthy moments. Palmero, uh, Sammy Sosa, all, all of a sudden not being able to speak English. Um, that, the that decision comes to mind. was bad. Yes. Uh, this has an, a chance, no matter how little this guy wants to say, 
the the awkwardness of the moment may may be just more than cringeworthy. Um, and we don't know the details of when this takes place next week. All we know is uh, that the chairwoman said that she will be uh, attempting to issue a subpoena to force him to appear in front of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, financially, a bit of a surprise, I, I would say, based on just how adamant uh, some have been in the world of crypto. Um, there are uh, cryptocurrencies that crashed in value uh, since late last year, and the fallout uh, features some high-profile deals between teams and crypto. Uh, for instance, um, FTX suspended talks with the Angels. They've got a, they were talking about having a patch on the the, uh, the LA Angels jersey uniform. That's no that they've suspended those talks. The Washington Wizards um, had a patch deal between a cryptocurrency and and their organization. That's been taken away. Uh, don't forget, Staples Center is no longer Staples Center. Um, you know, it's now crypto.com crypto or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so like there, there are, um, and it's going to cost them 135 million. Now I take that back to crypto.com would have to pay 385 million to now pull out of the naming rights deal of the arena in Los Angeles where the Lakers, Clippers, Kings, and Sparks currently play. We said when we were out there, uh, I remember having a conversation in Uber. I, I said, do we think this could last? Like, this seems like the most boomy, busty thing yeah. in I, the I don't world. understand and it. we like see I, all these banks change their names or get bought and sold who don't last on arenas. I can't see that name lasting, I said. It just seems, and I'm not a crypto guy. I don't know much about it at all, but it just seems too volatile to to have a lasting deal with something like an arena. Well, there are always these things that people get really rich off of, an idea, an investment, or something. And I'll look back and think, man, I wish I was smart enough or bold enough to have put money into that idea or done something with that and capitalized. The whole crypto craze is one that even if people got rich off of it or get rich off of it, I'm not going to envy that at all because I do not, A, understand it, B, think that it has any lasting value. And this crash is starting to cement that for me, but I don't know enough about it to invest in it. But it's also one of those things that even if people get really rich off of it, I'm not going to look up and think, man, I should have done something with that. I'm fine with cash money. So uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, CoinJournal.net released this uh, this grid this spreadsheet and trevor lawrence is on here so i want you to hit this point but this is through bitcoin the, the crypto bitcoin and there are a number of athletes who have invested or have had their contract or portion of it turned into or paid through bitcoin and yeah. this is where trevor lawrence comes in well for, so barstool had a headline trevor lawrence turned his 24 million dollar signing bonus into 9 million by getting it all in crypto first off i've said this before i'll say it again I don't believe any team is paying anybody in crypto. You're getting paid in dollars. Now, if you want to take your bonus and convert it into crypto, you can do whatever you want with it. But do I believe a professional team is going to, to uh, a crypto a bank and converting your $24 million bonus into crypto for you? No. Well, was I think reported. your agent's doing it for you if you want. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., well, whenever he was traded, or not traded, whenever he was released and then signed with the Rams, he wanted the remainder of whatever he was getting last year in crypto. So I'm sure somebody does that for him, maybe his agent, but I don't believe the Rams or the Browns are giving him crypto money. I think they deal in 
U.S. dollars. And if you do whatever you want to do. But I, I haven't heard anything about a team dealing in crypto. Anyway, Trevor Lawrence tweeted in response to this, did y'all confuse my FX, FTX signing bonus with my at NFL one? Carry on. So he's indicating he got FTX money in a deal with FTX that's in which crypto. Is, which is crypto now valued less, but not the $24 million lost, signing bonus. But not his NFL bonus, yeah, which would be reasonable. If you sign a deal with a crypto company, you would probably get be getting the money crypto. in crypto. Um, so it, like, there are deals like this throughout. Like, uh, the UFC now hands out a like 30, whatever the equivalent is of a $30,000 crypto bonus. So whatever that equates to. So the, and that's, that's a fan vote. So whoever can win this, you don't have to win or lose. It's just the f- most popular vote. So uh, what they thought was like a certain value is now I, you know, crashing uh, back down to earth. But the, like uh, coinjournal.net, they have uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, May 2nd, 2021, had 24 million, they're saying, in Bitcoin, among other cryptocurrencies. And the current value is 62.7% less at 8.96. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Russell Okung, uh, 6.5 million in his salary. That's, that has also been reported that he got his entire salary from, um, uh, from Seattle in Bitcoin. Uh, it's now worth 2.5 million. Uh, Andre Godala, January 10th, had 2.64 million in Bitcoin. Now it's worth 1.37. I mean, do these players have agents or financial advisors? Yeah, who are advisors? these advisors that are telling them to do this? Well, they're supposed uh, to take this money. It's not just this. There are well a ton of people investing in this. A ton I know, of but people. I would think that someone would say, you know, let's not put everything in this. Well, that's just just certainly not everything. Right? Anything. Um, I mean, if you want to put Barkley 5% has, in, okay. Saquon Barkley bought $10 million worth of Bitcoin. It's now worth 6.6. Oh, really trending the right direction. But for all I, mean, like for all I know, like a month from now, who knows? Could like, bounce back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a stock. That's how I would view the, the market of this, how I see a map of it, a graph. It's volatile. But I don't, I don't get it. And there's no way, and these guys can be way smarter than me. I'm not trying to insinuate this. There's no way at 20 or 21 years old I would have a clue. I mean, I could be, I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. Uh, it took me the longest time to figure out and do the math on that. Um, nonetheless, this is something to watch because it's more than just player X wants to get this in salary. A lot of these companies have acquired these mega deals a 20-year agreement, for instance, with the, the Lakers and Clippers arena in L.A. as Crypto.com Arena is a 20-year, $700 million contract where all of a sudden there's a report that they could back out of this for $385 million. But and notice, keep in mind how we still refer to that arena as Staples Center. And notice... Like there, there is value in that arena. Notice it's a $700 million deal, not a... 800 Bitcoin, or I don't know how to translate it, but it's still these crypto companies are making deals in dollars because we're the United States and we deal in dollars. Yeah, but I mean, that, that would be the same if someone were reporting how many euros, like it, I would want that equated in dollars. Right, but the, I'm saying the Lakers and the Clippers, when they're getting their money, 
from these companies for their arena sponsorship. Yeah. They're getting it in dollars. They may I'm get some sure. of it in crypto. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would say the vast majority, Paul, you're right, is in dollars. I but would bet all of them. Maybe some is in but crypto. But the, the NBA specifically has truly, in, uh, I would say, they've invested in the sponsorship idea of crypto. Sure. Because uh, through front office sports, they say that crypto companies jump to the second biggest spenders in the NBA season with 100 to 150 million in sponsorship Probably deals. Probably behind betting. So that that is they went from 43rd in spending the previous year to second most in sponsorship dollars. So the the NBA today's reports and this whole thing is turning some heads. There are a lot more sponsorships in the NBA and um and, and there are other leagues worldwide, but specifically locally I would look to the NBA as one that's looking around going is this uh these guys about to buy their way out of current deals. Um, is Cavante Turpin about to turn what was a great season in the USFL into a potential title run with two more wins with the New Jersey Generals? And then is he going to end up in an NFL camp based on the production that he's shown in Birmingham? We have the USFL MVP and the New Jersey Generals star. He is with us next So now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Saturday, 3 o'clock Eastern, semis kick off from Canton, Ohio, where in the first matchup on Fox, the New Jersey Generals take on the Philadelphia Stars, followed by 8 o'clock Eastern on NBC, the Birmingham Stallions and the New Orleans Breakers. The two winners meet for the USFL inaugural season championship. And we have the MVP of the league announced officially today. Cavante Turpin, Turpin time. Yeah, here on yes, the, the show. Uh, great to have you on, Cavante. Hope you're doing well, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. Hey, we uh, we were there, Chad, was this three weeks ago now uh, in Birmingham? Maybe yeah. two weeks ago. Two weeks. Um, and we we went inside briefly, and up on the screen, we watched uh, a punt return for a touchdown. You were playing Michigan. And yes, we, uh, Chad goes, uh, wouldn't, I wonder how often that happens in this league. We look it up. It was, in fact, the one and only punt return for a touchdown. Uh, you were known as the all-purpose guy. You're leading the league in re- receiving yards, all-purpose yards. Uh, you've been doing it all just as you did at Baylor. Yes, sir, man. Just, just try to keep my head down, man. Just try to play the game how it goes, man. Just show, just try to show everybody that I'm still that playmaker, still that guy that I once was. Well, and it's, it's such an opportunity. You know, we, we were talking with uh, Moose Johnson about this, and – he said the number one thing in this league is every single player in the league is trying to play special teams because they know that could be a route to the NFL to show off special team skills. You are a special teams whiz. So I know that was something you wanted to do when you got there. How much do you think that special teams expertise that you have can help you get a chance in the NFL? I feel like, I feel like my special team's ability just 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 as a playmaker, you know, just just back there, just just being what I've been since I was a young kid, you know. I just feel like 
you know, this is what God gave me, you know, you know, and I'm just trying to show the world that, you know, special teams is what I do, but I'm really trying to show everybody that I'm a receiver too, though. I'm a receiver as well. You know, you're hoping uh, you've got two games left here, but curious about how the process works. Is your agent ta- is allowed to take calls at this point? Has he taken calls about uh, NFL teams that might be interested in you? And and do you think you wind up in a camp coming up? Well, he he, he called me uh, earlier today. Told me that you know a couple teams called him. You know, he talked to a couple teams. Well, to me, I'm just trying to get it to a camp. I'm ho- hopefully I get it to a camp this year. You know, but I'm just trying to let God play a role into everything. You know. So I'm just trying to be patient with the process. So I, I, I realize you're, you're, you're looking to get into a camp. So I, I don't really know how honest you'll be on this question. But do you feel beat up? I mean, you're, you're 10 games in. You've got probably two games left. If you win, you definitely have two games left this weekend. Um, yeah. it, are you feeling about the same as normal this time of year? Or like, how would you feel physically if you were signed and you went into a camp a month from now? Well, I say, um, to be honest, I'll be a little nervous, you know, just going into my first camp, you know, I I feel like I'll be still the same guy, but it'll be a little, you no know, butterflies in there because, you know, it'd be a once-in-a-lifetime experience, basically. So I'm looking forward to it, so I'm basically, like, letting God take take control of every situation, you know. Well, you look, you've completed now a 10-game regular season, getting ready for the playoffs. You'd play 12 games in college uh, at TCU. Can you compare the grind between the two? As as Hutton was saying about how physically you feel, what is it similar to college? How would you compare this spring summer football league and going through these ten games and practices to let's say a college season? I say, well, you know, it's it's more, you know, basically like I say in my in my perspective, I say, you know, this this is like my fourth season, like in like two years. So I played in the FCF, I played in the spring league, I had went overseas to play in Europe. Now I'm playing here. I say I'm in my best shape that I was when I was in college. You know, I just feel like I just I'm just that guy. You know, I just not to be cocky. I just say I take care of my body guy uh, well. So I feel like I'm keeping up with this experience. So it just it's just good to be in this position that I'm in. And I mentioned earlier, Baylor, I was talking with a guy uh, on, on text here who went to Baylor. So I had Baylor on the mind. You can hate me later for not saying TCU. Uh, <laughs> did you did you play with Jeff Gladney? And if so, yes. can you give perspective on uh, on his passing and um, just what comes to mind when you think of the guy? Because we've, we've only seen him from the highlight reel. Yeah, you know, me and Jeff, you know, we was, we was close friends. You know, Jeff became my best friend at TCU, you know, so – when I first came in, you know, he was the first guy that wickled me. You know, we was roommates for all my years at TCU. So me and Jeff had a, a, a great relationship. You know, it just it just hurt me to my heart, to my soul, to see one of my best friends just 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 you know just RIP just just like that, you know. So it kind of hurt me, you know. But Jeff was a great guy, you know. He had a son, you know. He, Jeff, I say Jeff lived his life the way that he wanted to, you know. I feel like that was the best thing that was for him, you know, and I just, I hate that he happened like that, but yeah, you know, I'm yeah, just, just out of where it is. Kevante Turpin, our guest wide receiver kick returner for the New Jersey generals. Um, only 25 years old. If you don't get the, the camp option, what is next for you? Uh, beyond just, you know, you'll be back in the USFL, but long-term, like what, what's your play? What do you have in mind? 
Well, my long play involved, you know, if I don't have a, you know, if I don't get a camp, you know, I try to go to the XFL, you know, I'll be back in the USFL. But I, I love coaching, you know, that's one of my biggest things that I love doing, you know, that's what I do to help the guys up here, you know, in a position, you know, I love coaching, like, and that's, I feel like that's what my future is, like, outside of football is coaching. How, how have coverages of you changed since the start of the season this year as you've gotten going and established that you're one of the best guys in the league, best guy in the league? Um, what have teams done to try to slow you down and how, I guess, ineffective has it been? Well, you know, when I go out there, you know, they have a nick on me. They have a safety over top of me. So I just try, you know, try to do what Coach Riley do in the game plan, you know, just try to be myself in a game. Don't try to be too hype, you know, be humble as as things come. But it's kind of been easy for me. You know, I try to try to do what I can do to do it to help the team out. So defenses, it make it hard on defenses when, you know, Coach Ryder do what he do in the, in the offensive scheme. So I feel like it's a blessing to come true. Kevontae Turpin, our guest. The play speaks for itself. Um, I, I think coming in, uh, you'd be in the league if not for uh, the off-the-field incident and and uh, the, the pleading guilty to domestic violence. You were off the the team at TCU. That's well documented. Are you are you ready to talk with teams and explain that you're changed? Like that everything that you, has been asked of you has is out there in the open. Um, what are you expecting to po- with with that process? With that process, I'm just. You know, it happened three years ago, so I'm ready to, you know, tell, tell their scouts, tell everybody, you know, what's the real about the situation, you know. I don't regret anything in the situation because, you know, I got to, you know, I got to take responsibilities on my uh, consequences. But at the same time, I'm ready to be open about it, you know. I'm ready to tell everybody, you know, how I went, you know. You know, I'm a better person now, you know. So it, let God take, you know, let God do what he do. How many leagues is this for you now since college? Since college, I say this is my fourth league. And one of them was the fan-controlled football league. I, at least yes, I, I believe so. What What is that like, uh, where fans are actually calling plays? I'll say, you know, it was a great experience, but I'll say it's like a big old video game to me. <laughs> yeah. that, that's how it was. It was like a video game, you know. But it was it was a great experience, you know, just playing indoor. You know, that's my first time playing indoor football. But it was like, it was like a big video game to how I can explain it. We had a chance to talk with Mike Riley, your head coach, a couple of weeks ago when we were down in Birmingham. He's an interesting guy uh, who's been a little bit of everywhere, and it's clear just talking to him, this guy just loves ball. I mean, he loves to coach. Yeah. He'll coach anywhere. What's it been like playing for him and learning under him? Man, I love Mike Riley, man. He was, I say Mike Riley, one of the best coaches that i ever been around, you know, just – just how you be with the guys, you know, how you be when his family comes, you know. He just, you learn so much from Mike, you know, and I and I love him, like, to death. Like, like he's one of the best coaches i ever been around. By the way, he's the coach of the year. We're talking to the MVP for the Generals, and then the Offensive Player of the Year is Darius Victor, Vito, who we had on the yep. show, Chad. Who had some uh, great uh, Netflix recommendations for us when we yes. were there. I need to get on some of those shows he was talking about. How's that trophy looking, the MVP trophy? And does it come with yeah, anything you else? You get, you get a parking, get? Have, parking I, I spot I or pizza? Yet, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hate they haven't showed it to me yet. <laughs> it better come with a I'm nice uh, uh, MVP trophy. 
Who knows? Maybe you get uh, you get something more than the trophy for the hardware at the, yes, at the house. We know Nancy with the USFL well, and I bet she's uh, someone behind the trophy. So we'll get with her and make sure we get that we, that you get that trophy soon. Yes, I need that. I need that. Hey, how how excited are you for the postseason this week and uh, the, the chance to play for the title? I'm, I'm very excited. You know, you know, it's been a while since I played for a championship, so I'm looking forward. But I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. You no. Know? Tell the teammates, tell them, man, just take it one week at a time, how we've been doing, you know, one win at a time. And I feel like we'll go out there and we'll get the fans what, they, what they've been looking for. People compare you to Tyreek Hill. Have you met Tyreek Hill? Uh, no, sir, I never met him. I'm looking forward to meeting him, but I, I never met him. But I'm looking forward to it soon. The speed is legit. That, and it's not just the size, it's the speed combo is why Cavante uh, gets the comparison um, last I saw, you were clocked at four three one. How fast have you actually ran a forty? My fastest forty was a four two eight. That was my fastest I ever went. CJ two K speed, Paul. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yes, sir. <laughs> pretty good. Hey, uh, best of luck to you this weekend. We'll be watching for sure, and uh, hopefully, we get the chance to do this in person soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. All good right, Cavante Turpin. Turpin time. Nice guy. Uh, on uh, the USFL. Now New Jersey Generals. He's one of a handful of guys, Paul, that has a legitimate chance to end up in an NFL camp. Now, when I, I want to preface this. When I say camp, it's a 90-man roster. Yeah. But there are, there are a handful of players from all of these uh, eight teams, and he is at among the three or four always named as a guy that an NFL team will give a shot to in the preseason. Well, speedy receiver That's who it. can punt return, well, uh, and then, you're going to want to give a look to. Yes, and and if he's willing to sit down and explain the off-the-field incident um, in Waco, um, or you know, at the time he was enrolled in school, uh, not at Waco, at TCU, um, I would point to the fact he will be in a camp if he's able to explain that. Um, and people feel as though he's much different now as opposed to then, and he certainly knows that as well, and it is talked with that. Um, coming up, I want to get into uh, Jamie Erdahl as now on Good Morning Football instead of Kay Adams. We'll, we'll get to what's going to happen with all that. Do you guys like or dislike the way that Rory McIlroy has suddenly become the voice of the PGA Tour against the Live Tour? Because he has become the mouthpiece that it, reporters go to because they know He's going to give them an honest quote. The latest honest quote was when he was asked about Brooks Kepka leaving and if he was surprised. And he said, am I surprised? Yes, because of everything he said previously. I think that's why I'm surprised a lot of these guys left because they say one thing and they do another. And I don't understand that. And I don't know if that's for legal reasons or if they can't. I have no idea. But it's pretty duplicitous on their part to say one thing and then do another. Then he was asked to clarify are you talking about what Brooks Kepka said in February and March, which was about him not you know, having any interest in leaving the PGA Tour? And he goes on to say, the whole way through, in public and private to me, all of it doesn't make sense. I love him as the spokesman. I mean, he's perfectly candid, and he has yes. uh, got his flag planted with, with the PGA. I, I, I think he's doing outstanding work. I, I wish more guys would follow him so he didn't have to be singular at it. Um, well, and Kepka, by the way, the comments he's talking about back in February, he said, well, everyone talks about the money. They've got enough of it, talking about Live Tour. I don't see it backing down. They can just double up the offers, and then they'll figure it out, and Live will get their guys. Somebody will sell out and go to it. 
is what he said. Sell out and go to it. Well, now he's become one of those guys. And they've now acknowledged uh, as a as a tour the threat, the financial threat of the live tour, um, both through their comments um, and through increased purses of at least twenty million dollars for big events. Um, they have the the PGA's upcoming Travelers Championship has a total purse of eight point three million, for instance. Um, they've increased the purses to at least $20 million. Three added events with no cuts and a $25 million purse on those events. So you're guaranteed to place um, in the finish there. And a calendar year schedule, which would mean more time off for golfers. They want more of an off-season. Um, this is the PGA taking a look at what the complaints are. And if they're not able to monetarily meet certain demands, they're adding to it, which is... Of course, raising the question, where's the money all of a sudden coming from? And he said, oh, we had it. Yeah. Oh, this they was planned. Saying, this was planned. Yeah, this, yeah, was, I mean, this, this was planned for a while. I will say rainy this. day fun. We had a little rainy day fun that we could go to. It's, um, I, it, it's a very similar situation to what I wish would happen with the NCAA. And here, in, in regards to your question about McElroy, it is a brilliant business move on his behalf to step up and be the voice for the PGA. Because now everyone's going to him. He is the face of the tour, but like the Spieth is not the face of the tour. It is Rory McIlroy. Um, I want that on behalf of the NCAA, like the leader of the NCAA. I want a face and a, a leader to emerge. McIlroy is that guy. It, it's a brilliant move on, on that stance because he, he believes what he's saying and he's willing to name names. So in that regard, I do think he's being very genuine and forthright, truthful. But at the same time, he's going to make millions off of this. Hard to be a parallel, though, in the NCAA, in that it can't be a player, really. No, so but a leader. A I'm saying, like, any, someone step forward, right? I yeah. thought what you were going to say, Hutton, is that you want this for the NCAA and that you want a foreign influence to better the situation for NCAA athletes. Well, that, and it, raise it, would the take, price for it doesn't have to be a foreign influence. It would take another monetary influence because, for it to work. Well, because... We can question the motivation, which is easy to question with Phil Mickelson and why he initially got into it. It was about the money, and he was in some financial problems. But things that he said has proven true. This oh, yes. will help all of golf because it will get the PGA Tour off dead center on what we're trying to get them to move on and do some things that will better golf overall for young players and for everyone. But was he looking He's to right benefit things for everybody else? Or no, was he looking again, to benefit things for himself? We can talk about the motivation behind it, but his prediction is right. I don't think he got into this originally from some altruistic point of view Agreed. of I'm going to improve the game for kids. Absolutely not. But he's also a smart guy, and I think that he knew if they got enough big names, this is what will threaten the PGA enough to do the things that I've been wanting them to do for years. Up but, the purses. But he did Maybe it's, uh, widen the offseason for the term. Maybe give more rights to players that he's been asking for. And, I, and let's not add to his initial quote um, because uh, the, the initial mention from uh, Shipnook in the book, he doesn't mention in bettering the game of golf for kids. He says changing the PGA system. This is the one opportunity, real opportunity, to change the way the PGA operates. Um, and he lists all the factors of why he shouldn't do it. And then he says at the end, this is the one opportunity. And it has changed. Like, they, they are actually, they are, uh, like, publicly stating that, let me be clear, I'm not naive. And he mentions, uh, Jay Monahan mentions uh, the, the Live Golf Invitational Series as an irrational threat because of the money 
uh, backing this this tour. And now they've raised the prices, no, the payouts, not the prices, the payouts. Um, and again, I, I think it's a funny question to ask. All of us, like, where'd the money come from? Um, meanwhile, all the all the majors are welcoming these guys. It was announced today, by the way, because it had not been officially official. The Open will allow players on the lift tour to participate at St. Andrews. Where the money comes from. Uh, they're dropping down from 16% uh, money going to charity to 12%. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but they remain a 501c3. Yeah. Uh, coming up, Paul's take on the blowouts in uh, the recent pro sports playoffs. And we discuss good morning football hosts. We discuss Thursday night football hosts and the name we haven't heard but expected to hear. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on Wednesday edition. Paul, what can we find at outkick.com today? Well, we've talked some about how uh, there, there aren't enough close games. And uh, nine games played in the NBA Finals uh, and the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, one good game. One close game, a one-goal overtime game between Colorado and Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final. You want to take a stab at what the second closest game has been? Uh, one of the finals games was single digits, I no, feel like. No? None of the finals games were single really? digits. Really? There were two 10-point games. Average right margin of victory in the NBA finals was 13.3 points. The second closest game was Monday night, game three of the Stanley Cup finals, a four-goal game. <laughs> so game four tonight. But uh, average margin of victory, four goals in, in the Stanley Cup, 13.3. I'm in it for close games, particularly when I don't have a rooting interest. Uh, and I don't have a rooting interest in these. It's, it's a problem. I flipped away um, Monday night to a new show on Amazon Prime. The summer I became pretty, teen rom-com kind of thing. <laughs> good news for the NHL. That wasn't good either. Oh, man. Is this uh, – what's the one that we got into, Paul? The Kissing Booth? Is this yeah. better or worse than Kissing Booth? Oh, Kissing Booth, the first one. Uh, they've made great. like four Kissing Booth movies. Yeah. The first it's one, not the, a, not the sequel. The second one wasn't as good. Uh, third one I didn't watch. It got such bad reviews. <laughs> I need to watch the third one. I've seen the first and second one. Uh, first one was good. Uh, this this, this team, is what I was looking for. I've seen this pop up on Amazon. This is not one I'll be watching. The Summer I Became Pretty. Yeah. That's, not, that's not one I'm going to tune into. I had high hopes. <laughs> And I'm not saying I'm not going to watch the second episode if uh, <laughs> if I'm desperate for for something. Since it's not good, but second episode, bring it on. Well, I I'm who stars I'm in the uh, uh, nobody I've oh. ever seen. Before. I'm in the process right now of getting ready for Westworld's return for season four, and I was in the studio the day. I was watching a trailer for it, and I just stopped it halfway through, and I looked up to you guys. I'm thinking about was listening to me. Maybe Corey was, and I said, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I, on the show, I'm I don't watching. Know how you ever it knew looks, what the hell was it going looks on. beautiful. The first season There's is really beautiful good. actors and actresses in it. It's very stylish the way it's shot. The first season was great. Second season got worse. The third season was a train wreck from a narrative standpoint. I mean, it was so difficult to follow. And Aaron Paul, 
join the they show. Tried too hard, right? It's so tried too hard. Knot. It got better with the last episode with a couple things, but it's one of those shows. Best way I can describe it is it's difficult to get invested in characters on a show when there's not really any life or death on the show because everyone can be killed and come back as yeah. a robot or come back as a host or their personality could be in someone else. So it's like a, a Marvel movie. Like no one's ever really truly dead. And at least in they season one, you're back. trying to figure it out. Yes. Right? So uh, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to watch season four, start Sunday night, and give it a shot. I'm listening to a podcast right now to like give me the quick explainer for everything that's happened in the show and what to expect. But man, it's uh it, it it's difficult to follow along with a show like that. I'm guessing the plot for the summer I became pretty is easier to follow than Westworld. Am I right, Paul? Yeah. It's carefree and easier uh, easier to follow. Yeah, I, I don't want to have to have a map for my TV watching, generally speaking. Go read about the close game. Well, issues. the first season of Westworld was great because there was really one big reveal. You, know, you kind of knew what was going on most of the season, but it, it's revealed that it's two different timelines. You're watching a different part of it, right? And that was the big reveal, but it was cool because, oh, that is this character. You kind of suspected it might be this person younger with Ed Harris in it. And then it was, and it was really cool with that reveal. Second season tried to do too many of those. Third season, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but I'm still going to watch. Paul, one show that we love right now is For All Mankind on Great. Apple TV. That, that to me, is the new uh, – it's, it's both science fiction but not really – but it's kind of the drama that I have in, in my life. And each season show. opens um, with a montage of headlines and news tidbits, and it mixes Hutton what some truth and some f- adjusted history. So Michael Jordan got drafted by the Trailblazers. And, uh, okay. and some, some stuff. Well, uh, Ronald Reagan, Reagan became lost. president in 76. Right. And then lost and then in lost 80. in 80. So it said all these other things happening. To Gary Hart. The whole, so the Gary whole Hart's premise president. is the Russians beat us to the moon. Starts with The that. Soviets did. And then that, it starts with that season and it jumps 10 years. And it's everything that happens with the space race and how it gets sped up simply because America lost the initial race. So it's huge and it's a race to get everywhere else quicker. Faster. After that. So now it's in, it starts in the 60s. It's in 1992. On this season of the show right now, it's terrific. Highly recommend. We thought there would be a race to hire Kay Adams. Um, Amazon was the predicted um, employer <laughs> that would go hire her for Thursday Night Football. She left Good Morning Football. Jamie Airdahl goes from the SEC sideline to now the full-time host and Kay Adams' replacement on Good Morning Football. Thursday Night Football has gone, and this is uh, report. This was reported last week, I think, but uh, Carissa Thompson ends up at on Thursday Night Football, and Kay Adams has not been reported anywhere. And which yet. chair is left in musical chairs? Uh, I don't know. I she guess could they, they could make where, one, right? But uh, Carissa Thompson, she could get Carissa Thompson's job at Fox. And I, it was, uh, I remember as early or as recent as the Super Bowl, the thought was Rachel Bonetta was going to take her spot because Rachel Bonetta filled in for Kay Adams on the NFL Network Super Bowl pregame show. Well, they had, um, though, after Kay, or like when Kay was in limbo and as she left, they rotated a couple people through that. I, I think uh, Jamie Erdahl is more experienced, polished, and will do a better job than Rachel Bonetta would have done. I think Rachel Bonetta's talented, but I don't know that she's got the 
the gravitas that Jamie Erdahl will have. And I think she'll be good. And I think Carissa Thompson's excellent, and she'll be good. But I think Kay Adams is really good, and I'm surprised she is going to wind up with a more minimalistic role wherever she is because there's no big job left unless there's something new coming somewhere. So Carissa Thompson hosted the Fox pregame NFL show to the big pregame show. Yes. Right? She was on the yes. show with Michael Vick and Tony Gonzalez. Yep. It was like an earlier show that led into the and then big did some Fox features show. on the big Fox pregame show. Yeah, and then she would be a part of it highlights also. at some point. Yeah, she would do some things with all the Fox coverage with NFL, but it was really she was the studio host of the, of the pregame show. show to the pregame show. So maybe Kay Adams could fill that spot, like but you that's mentioned. That's a, a big come down in terms of visibility. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kay Adams was a shooting star. I, I mean, Kay Adams is. Uh, Big star to me. She was huge on that show. People loved her. Yeah. I mean, there was. Leaving for something smaller like that doesn't make much a, sense. A contractual thing, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, it expired right around the Or maybe right she's off the, the NFL, and maybe she's going to go do something sports or entertainment. Maybe. There's a lot of opportunity out there with all these streaming services and everything going on, but there's also such a broader sense of what a show looks like and what you can do that I think when you bounce around and start doing something different, you find that it doesn't work. Some people are just cut out to be the studio host of a show. When they try to do something else, they find out that doesn't work. We'll see with her. I think she's talented and could do some different things, but we'll find out eventually. Good move for Carissa Thompson. I mean, for uh, Amazon. Yeah. I think she's very, very good. I've always enjoyed her work wherever she's been. Agree. And best of luck to, to Jamie Erdahl. Best of luck to Kay. I hope we end up keeping her around in football uh, in some capacity. I hope someone is able to find a role for her. Big role tomorrow on the show. Hope you'll join us for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Don't block the box and do lock your locks. <laughs>